Hey y'all, welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm Patty Holiday, your head fangirl in charge, and this is the Monday Movie Minute. Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Every Monday, we're going to talk about the movies that we saw over the weekends, the one that just came out, uh, the box office, you know, kind of whatever we want to talk about on Mondays. This is our time, as long as it pertains to movies. This week, <laughs> we've got a happy Toy Story to talk about and an evil Toy Story to talk about. Plus, Cinderella is coming out on Blu-ray, and I have had a special experience with that to tell you about. Uh, And Ma is still out there in the movie theaters. I went last night to see Ma. There's also some big Avengers 4 news. This this is not going to go away, guys. We are going to get some Endgame info out there. So this big Avengers Endgame We're still waiting on the deets, but I'm excited, as you can imagine. I'm excited about this one. Okay. So first, we're going to start, as always, with what happened at the box office and talk about the numbers, because I think the numbers are interesting, especially this week. Toy Story 4, $118 million. Now, I predicted last week that it was going to break all kinds of records and that we were going to have this huge box office from Toy Story 4. It's big, don't get me wrong. Like, I, you know, I wasn't totally off. It's big, but it's not what Disney expected to see. Uh, they were actually predicting much higher numbers. I, I want to say that I saw like in the 140 million range and they didn't even hit 120. Why? It definitely was not because of competition. <laughs> because everything else really, really was was low. Um, Child's Play was at just over 14 million and it came out. Um, Aladdin, people did surge back to see that a little bit more. That was at 12 million. Men in Black, um, just over 10. Secret Life of Pets also hanging in there around 10. And then Rocketman, John Wick 3, Godzilla, Dark Phoenix, and Shaft round out the top 10 for you. I'll talk about Toy Story 4 in just a minute, but the interesting thing to note, and I did think this was going to happen as soon as Kevin Feige dropped his big news on us, uh, Avengers Endgame fell out of the top 10, and I think this is the first time that has happened since, uh, since the movie opened. I think this was the first time they did not make the top 10. Now, why did that happen? Obviously... Because we're all waiting to go next week. <laughs> the news that Feige announced, um, and and again, this is we still haven't seen anything official yet. We haven't seen anything at the theaters. We haven't seen anything straight out from Marvel. Just what Kevin has told us is that we are going to get a re-release of Avengers Endgame with extra end credit scenes, deleted scenes, all kinds of good stuff. And yes, the whole point of this is to get us back into the theater so we can cross that threshold that they are trying to reach and to break that box office record that is currently held by Avatar, which is a crappy movie, and uh, this one definitely needs to beat it. And that's my thoughts on that. Okay, so that's been announced. And in addition to that, I, I find the timing of it interesting. And here's my thoughts also, just based on, I have not seen um, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home yet, but based on the reactions and some of the information that I have seen out online about it, 
It sounds like Spider-Man happens almost immediately after Endgame, after the experience of Endgame. And I'm guessing that Marvel wants us to go see Avengers before we see Spider-Man for a reason. Not not just the box office, even though that's probably number one reason. That's probably number one through 45 million reasons. Uh, I definitely think they, they want us to, to, to break that record, but be worth it as a fan to go get one more showing in, kind of to refresh yourself of the events. Before we see that, that's all I know. I don't know any spoilers. I want to give them to you guys, even if I did know spoilers. That's the truth. However, that's what I'm guessing. And from what I know with Marvel, that doesn't sound like... That's really out of the norm for them to come up with something along those lines. So, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I know me. And if this is true, if they really are re-releasing Avengers Endgame with additional stuff, I'm going to go see it this weekend. Honestly... I'll probably go see it this weekend anyway, just to get that refresher in before I see Star Wars or before I see Spider-Man next week. I've got Star Wars on my brain for a whole nother reason. <laughs> before we go see Spider-Man, I'm gonna see Avengers Endgame one more time. And if they're gonna give me a little bit of extra stuff to go see it, I'm down with that. I, I'm completely on board with that. So I think that's why Avengers did not show up in the top ten, particularly this week, because I mean it's definitely a better movie than Shaft, and if I was going to see something over again, I would I would go see Avengers over Shaft. But I like Shaft. But anyway, back to where we need to focus on today. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to talk about Cinderella really quickly because I had a kind of a cool experience uh, that I know not everyone's going to have, but it just kind of stuck with me, and so I wanted to, to speak on it today. Cinderella was just inducted into the National Film Registry. And they had a whole big ceremony. They had this whole big experience. I was invited uh, by Disney to come to the Library of Congress and experience the hoopla. Uh, We got invited to the Cinderella Ball. That's what they called it. It was adorable. The Disney dork in me was freaking out. Uh, You know, when you tie my love of history to Disney and Disney history. And then plus, this is one of my all-time favorite Disney movies. I mean, I was the happiest person in the world when I got that email in my inbox. Um, <laughs> and they, they put on a, a really nice event uh, for all of this. I have video of some of it if you want to check that out on noguiltlife.com. So feel free to pop over there. I'll, I'll throw it in the show notes too for you. What was cool about this event is that there was a screening of the movie in advance. And in, in honestly, because time is so precious, I, I almost skipped the screening. I thought, I've seen Cinderella 87,000 zillion times. My kids have seen Cinderella. 87. We don't need to see Cinderella again. I am so glad I did not skip the screening. And here's why. It was an experience I've never had before. And I hadn't it was completely unexpected, which is stupid because it should have been completely expected, but it wasn't expected for me. We saw it, first of all, on the big screen, which I've never seen Cinderella released in the theaters in my lifetime. I don't I don't think it has been. So we got to see it on a big screen, which is cool in and of itself. But even cooler was seeing it in an audience full of people. Guys, how many times have you watched Cinderella or Lady and the Tramp at home on your couch, just maybe you and your family or whatever, right? It's completely different. It's a completely different experience than being in a theater with an audience and hearing the reactions and having that shared experience with a big group of people. 
And that's what I got, which, you know, like I said, I should have expected it because, you know, that was, it was on the invitation. It wasn't a surprise. We knew we were going to go and screen this movie. But I guess I just hadn't, I hadn't thought of the reactions and um, the laughter and the cheering. It was almost like watching it for the first time. So it was a lot of fun. All right, all of this to let you know that Cinderella is out on Blu-ray on the 26th of June. I think you can get digital download if you go to Amazon or something now, but uh, it is going to be actually out on Blu-ray if that's your thing. Go order it because it's beautiful. Your kids will love it. Uh, I think they've got some bonus scenes, of course, because that's what they do to get you to buy the Blu-ray. But I can tell you, it, 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 it looked stunning. It looked beautiful. So I was super excited to see it. All right, so more Disney. We're going to start off with um, a little deeper dive on Toy Story 4. I know I touched on it last week, but this one has finally hit the theaters. Uh, and it, it did well by box office numbers. I mean, there's there's nothing to be embarrassed about with $118 million, right? <laughs> but it did not do as well as Disney Pixar hoped. And the only thing I can think of is that this might finally start sinking in or or might be the the real sign that people have sequel fatigue, you know, that they're tired of seeing part two, part three, part five, part 10, you know, with, that we want something new. I think it's also hard when it comes to Toy Story in particular, or really any Pixar film, we, 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 we get so attached to the things that they do and the, the things that they teach us and the things that they show us and how they do the storytelling that we worry and we concern, we get concerned maybe unnecessarily uh, over, you know, what are you doing messing with it? Don't mess with it. I know I was definitely team, we don't need a Toy Story 4, right? It was absolutely my thought process. And I'm also wondering if maybe hundreds and thousands of, of other millions of other parents out there were kind of thinking the same thing, that they weren't rushing to the theater this weekend because they also didn't feel like they needed to see a Toy Story 4, right? You know, I said going in that this was going to break box office records, but it did not. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, I, I guess there's more of you like me out there than I thought, you know, that thought maybe fourth story, fourth story, meh, I don't think we need to see it. Maybe that's what you were thinking. I don't know. Um, I can tell you this, though, as far as a, as a review of the film, and as somebody who is a big Pixar fan, big Disney fan, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I will tell you that I think if you haven't seen it yet and you have plans to go see Toy Story 4, go into it with the mindset that it's a standalone. Don't go into it thinking that it's a sequel or that it's going to continue the same story that that we thought was so perfectly wrapped up before. Uh, Because, you know, I mean, in a way it does, but it's it's a whole new story. It's a whole new experience. And... I think if you go in considering it as a standalone versus, you know, an add-on or a sequel, you you might feel better about it. You might like, the, the movie might sit, sit well with you, okay? Um, as a general Toy Story 4 review, you know, I adored it. I liked it. It's sweet. It's got a solid um, fourth story to tell. And it does have, like I said, it's its, it's, its own story. So it's its completely separate. Um, and its it's got a ton of little sweet life lessons that you can uh, learn as adults for kids. It's there. They're both there. You know how Pixar does, guys. My oldest daughter, I will tell you, though, I'm not going to ruin anything that happens or, or spoilers, but my oldest daughter did have some major thoughts and strong words on the ending of this one. So there's going to be some emotions on the way they wrapped up this set 
this set of the stories. Could there be more Toy Story in the future? I suppose there could be, guys. I don't know. I, I, I feel like Pixar is holding true to the idea that if there's a good story to tell, they'll tell it. But they're not going to, you know, just throw it up there just to throw something up there. And plus, I mean, gosh, y'all, these movies take forever to make. So they're definitely not just throwing anything up there. They are thinking it through. Yeah, so Toy Story 4, if you haven't seen it, I would be curious to know why. So if you want to leave me comments or uh, leave something in, in the review of this podcast, I'm, I'm just curious. What were your what were your thoughts on not seeing it? <laughs> All right, so from a happy Toy Story we're going to an evil Toy Story. We're going to talk about child's play. And uh, why did I see this movie? <laughs> That's a really good question. I will also tell you the reason that I ultimately went in to see this movie was because of the movie posters. Did you guys see these? They did a riff on on Toy Story. I mean, they, they knew Toy Story was coming out the same dates. They probably planned it that way because I don't think... I don't think anybody like accidentally does anything these days when it comes to these movies. And um, they used basically Chucky ripping up <laughs> the Toy Story friends on their movie th- on their movie posters. And so, of course, the Disney person me, I laughed and I appreciated I appreciated the cleverness to the marketing. So they got me in the theater. I was also a huge, 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 huge scary movie slash horror slash slasher film fan as a kid. I. I loved that stuff. And I loved it because we actually had like a, a neighborhood friend who is a teenager who was learning how to create the goo and the gore and to to that was his thing. That was his his fandom as a very young kid. Which, you know, questions. But that that was his thing is he wanted to to make movies. I have no idea. I have no idea if he ended up doing this or not. But uh but that was part of the the interest to me was to see he would explain how, you know, he created blood and, you know, mixing stuff together and whatever. Just fascinating. And so it fascinated me as a child. So I did watch these movies as a kid. To my parents' credit, they didn't know. They didn't know. Or maybe that's a bad thing to say about my parents. But point being, I had a friend who had cable and we didn't. And so I would go to my friend's house and I'd watch all these movies on cable over at her house. So, so it wasn't like my parents were encouraging this by any way, shape, or form. But I did see Child's Play, the original Child's Play in the movie theater when I was a kid. In fact, it was like one of my first dates that I went on. And I remember laughing at the absurdity of it all. And, you know, I don't remember being so much scared as just eye rolling and that sort of thing. So when I saw that they were rebooting this and that they were redoing Child's Play, I was mildly, you know, for nostalgic reasons, I was mildly interested. Uh, plus, then I, they threw up those posters that were riffing off of Toy Story and that I just I had to go see this one. So I went and saw it. Now, I got to tell you this. If you were some huge fan of the original Child's Play, this one is different. The story is different. And um, if you were really into that whole voodoo possession kind of thing that was the storyline of the first one the the doll um, is possessed literally possessed if you were into all of that you're not going to get it in this movie this one has definitely a a much more um, 2019 twist on things and it focuses on how technology uh, is the evil that we're dealing with i don't know guys that's that's what the focus is on that now 
If that doesn't frighten you, then I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what is scary in 2019. But it was it was one of those things where I was like, okay, maybe I don't need Alexa. Maybe I don't need that ring uh, on my front door. Maybe maybe we need to rethink some of these these technologies that we're using because that's kind of the whole focus of of this movie of what happens with with Chucky. Okay, I don't, I don't want to say it was a good movie, but it was. It was definitely better than the original, and it was better than I thought. Uh, Mark Hamill does a fantastic job with the voice of Chucky. If you are a fan of his voiceover work, you know, he's been doing this for, for years now. He's not just Luke Skywalker. Uh, he's been doing this for years now, and uh, he was he was really, really, really good in this one. I also thought the, the other actors did a great job, which is, it's hard to say that when you're talking about these, you know, slasher films, because this is, this turns out to be you know, kind of a slasher film, right? There's lots of gore, lots of uh, creative ways to kill people. And, uh, but that's what you expect going in. I mean, it's, it's nothing that should surprise anybody by child's play, right? In the end, I'd say this was kind of like 50% slasher gore kind of scares and 50% psychological scares with the whole idea of the technology factoring in. So it was absolutely an updated version. Overall, it, it's it's a short enough movie that I felt like it didn't overstay its welcome. I liked it more than I expected. And um, I don't know, it wasn't, wasn't that bad, guys. I also discovered that I really don't have the slasher film gene in me anymore. <laughs> That has absolutely been covered and smothered by pixie dust and magic. Uh, so while I liked it enough, I can't say it was amazing. I can't say I will ever watch it again. You know, that sort of thing. You know, from a parent movie review, I also have to confess, I took my oldest son with me. Uh, he's 16 and a half. Every time I would like turn and look at him like, what do you think about that? It was the moments that were the psychological moments that he was going, whoa, more so than the scare stuff. So, uh, you know, I think he's a lot like me, how I was as a kid, where the, the scary stuff, I was logical enough to know this is not real. But when they show me something on screen that could be real, that's what scared me. That's that's what and, and what happens with this doll and taking over technology, I don't know, could be real. <laughs> there was enough in there that that. Uh, that's what we both were kind of freaked out over. In the end, do kids need to see this? Do teens need to see this? No, I can't even think of all that much of a redeeming factor or quality in this movie that I can even say, oh, it has a good lesson to learn that you can talk about with your kids over. The only lesson you can learn is maybe don't put so much trust in technology but guys, if we have not learned that from The Terminator, which came out in like 1984, then I don't know what's wrong with us. So, um, you know, I'm just saying, can't say that this is something that even your most hardcore teen really needed to see. I just didn't want to see it by myself. And that's why I dragged my son along with me. And he was a good sport. All right. So last night, uh, last night I saw Ma. Finally, finally, finally. So this one has been hanging in there on the top 10 box office since it opened. Now, the idea behind this movie is that it's a, a new girl. She moves to town. It turns out it's the same town that her mom grew up in. So there's, you know, some intersection of history, um, meeting the present, you know, and the, the teens of uh, turn out to be the children of kids that the mom once hung out with, that sort of thing. Um, the daughter in this movie is played by Diana Silvers, and she was also in Booksmart uh, earlier this, um, this summer, if you haven't seen that one. She meets up with some teens, and like most teens in a small town, they like to party. 
in order to party, they need to get some alcohol. Of course, they're not old enough for that. So what do they do? They think they're smart. They go and they approach adults and ask them for help getting liquor and getting alcohol. And this is where things get crazy. And it does get pretty crazy, guys. <laughs> crazy, but, you know, it, this this movie, I kept wanting it to push it just a little bit further. It just doesn't go quite as far as I think they could have gotten away with. But at the same time, it just basically, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was scary, but I definitely think it could have, it could have pushed a little bit further and, and been even even better. Some examples of that, like uh, there's an indication that some hints, some some moments where you definitely see that Ma is low-key hitting on these kids. Like she's a cougar of the worst kind and it's gross. <laughs> they could have pushed that, I think, a little bit further, um, but you you get enough of it, an indication of it that you're like, oh, what's this, what's this girl doing? What's she doing? Um, she, even, she even makes one of them strip but not like in a sexy way, like in a, she puts a gun to his face and tells him to do it and then makes a joke out of the whole thing. It's that kind of movie. And there you go. There's a little bit of nudity. You do, you do see some, but uh, you actually see a penis in this one. So there's that as well. Um, hmm. What I can say about this movie, there was actually some really solid actors and I think they were having a lot of fun. I think I, I felt like they had a good time making this movie. Uh, Juliette Lewis, Luke Evans, Allison Janney, Octavia Spencer, uh, all the kids that were in, in this movie. Those were all the adults. All the kids that were in this movie were really great as well. You know, I'm in the, the middle of the teen raising years. Uh, and I was nodding my head along with them thinking, yep, you'd all do totally dumb stuff like this. My only small complaint was um, Janie's character. She's amazing. She's incredible. And I just felt like she was kind of wasted here. I thought there was the way she acts and the way she carries on. Um, she's pretty witchy to Ma, like through the whole movie. And I, I thought there would be a payoff to that. Like she, she'd end up getting in trouble in the end for, for the way she was acting. And I didn't see it. Now, I did go to the bathroom like twice. So maybe I missed something, but I don't think I did. I just think that was kind of like a missed moment. Like they could have done something as a payoff there. Anywho, I mostly like this one. It was slow in some places, um, but overall it was pretty fun and it had a good level. Um, I, I There's blood, there's violence, but not straight up gore. So it was more of a psychological twister kind of thing. And um, yeah, yeah. Now from a parent movie review standpoint, should your kids see this? Guys, I'm gonna say yes. I am going to say yes, because I'm that kind of parent that wants my kids to see the dangers of meeting up and trusting strangers, and then also what being impaired and drunk and wasted can do to you, what the possible implications could be. So I'd be okay with my kids seeing this one, because we're going to talk about it and why, like how messed up this is and why you should not do those things. It's a good, good way to learn a lesson. Uh <laughs> But you know, there's language, lots of language. It's it's a lot of teen language and a lot of um, a lot of there is talk about sex. Uh, like I said, you do see some brief nudity in some cases, um, obviously blood and violence. But it wasn't that gooey, nasty gore stuff that you see in child's play. Scary enough, but but definitely not. I don't think too scary for teens unless you take it to that level of what I want them to be scared about, which is talking to strangers and trusting them. Because you should never do that, children. All right, guys. 
that is all I've got for the Monday Movie Minute this week. There are new podcast episodes coming out this week, and I'm super excited about it. Remember earlier when I mentioned Star Wars? All right. I've got a four-part little mini-series about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that I am going to put out on Thursday. And I have loved, loved, loved interviewing the folks who have been to Batuu. They basically have all decided that they now live there. And so we're going to have some conversations with these Batuu residents. Some of them are, are huge, huge Star Wars fans. And so I wanted to hear from them what their feelings were and how they felt about this experience. But there's actually one that's a lot of fun. It's it's two non-Star Wars fans who were completely taken by surprise and were floored. And they both admit that they own way too much Star Wars paraphernalia at this point because that's what Batuu has done to them. So guys, subscribe, hit those five-star reviews for me. I really appreciate that. But if you subscribe, you are not going to miss any of these things that are coming out on uh, probably be, probably be Thursday morning, probably be Thursday that I will drop all four of them at the same time. And they've been fantastic and they've been a lot of fun. Each one has a different take of things. Each one has a different experience. So they're all worth listening to, particularly if you are like me, who hasn't been to Galaxy's Edge yet, but is dying to go, like dying, dying to go. And uh, that was actually why I decided to do this. It's all about planning my own trip. I wanted to get a little bit more hype and a little bit more excitement going. And that's why I decided to put this kind of together from a fan perspective. To be clear, this is not a how-to Galaxy's Edge. This is going to be a OMG, I'm a huge fangirl, and this is what I experienced at Galaxy's Edge. And so if you want to hear about the feels... This these are these are the episodes you guys are gonna not want to miss. Okay, so anyway, that's on Thursday. That is that is it. We are going to go ahead and wrap everything up. Don't forget to throw those five star reviews down. Don't forget to tell your friends and have them come fangirl with us. We're you know we're we're coming to you at least twice a week. I have thoughts of maybe even doing it more. I don't know yet. I'm I'm still trying to feel this whole thing out. We're we're, we're pretty new around here. But uh, I hope you're enjoying it and really appreciate you listening in. All right, guys. Thanks for fangirling with me on the No Guilt Fangirls podcast. <laughs>